Hey listeners, this is Danielle again with We Hear Collective, and I'm here with Christina and Cimente, and we're here to talk about the upcoming election. It's almost November 3rd, so if you guys want to introduce yourselves again, but everybody knows y'all. Hey, it's Christina, graphic designer, freelance, social activist. Hey, y'all, this is Simenchi, uh, artist and PhD candidate in Black Studies. Mm-hmm. And I'm struggling. <laughs> <laughs> I know the names. Visual artist. But okay. Um, Groundbreaker. Trying hard to do stuff. <laughs> But yeah, so the election's coming up. It's pretty big. And so if y'all want to talk about um, your voting experience, I know I voted, I guess it was last week. I voted like not the first day, but the next day. I went and voted early. It was basically easy. I mean, the lines that I went to, um, there was like no one in line. So I was like, oh. And it was the first time. Um, like electronically so that was different and I was like going through it so fast I was like oh this is nice <laughs> what? Yeah. so how was y'all's experience voting it was pretty rough I I went the first day and I, I usually don't go on the first day I'm always like don't go on the first day don't go on the last day go in the middle but I was going to be out that day, so I was trying to do it. I was trying to multitask. Well, I went, when I first went out, I had on, it was kind of, it was early in the day, and it was a little cool, but I had on a long sleeve shirt and a velvet overalls, and it was like, but it was like 90 degrees by the time I got to the pole and everything. And the line was so long. The line was wrapped around the building and curved around it. I I think I stood in line for like maybe 10 minutes and I was like, I'm going to go and come back. <laughs> so I came back around like, I think it was about four with my family and we voted. The line was still, it was like not as long, but it was still pretty long. But it also, we weren't out in the sun. So that helped a lot too. But I, I we made it in. And it was electronic. I was used to that because I I voted in the primaries too, and that was how it was. We used the electronic machines. But yeah, yeah, mine was also very simple. It, the only thing I had trouble with was like finding the the actual voting space because it was in a shopping plaza, and I was like just driving in circles trying to figure out where to go. Um, and it was my first time voting because I just became a citizen in September um, after 21 years of living here. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I'm the last of like the four family members that came. So it was like my parents and my brother and I. And then I was the last one to like get my ish together and finish my application. So uh, now I'm done. Um, but we, we were all like within the last couple of years. Um, but anyway, like, it was, there was no line. They were like, everybody come in. And then I had, like, one of those little finger covers for the machine. And it was definitely an interesting experience. Like, I, I, like, sat on the computer the day before and, like, did my research of the candidates, especially, like, locally. 
because I mean, I'm not like enthusiastic as most people, you know, about the presidential election. But then I'm also thinking about like all the other uh, people and the ways we can impact through who we choose, like from like locally up. So I, that actually made me kind of excited in a way that I didn't expect. It was kind of cool. Did y'all have like a bunch of like people that y'all had to vote for? I think my sheet was like 33 things, 33 people to like vote for. Yeah, probably I something remember, like that. I don't remember how many people there were. Cause I know like I didn't vote for half of the stuff cause it was only like Republican options. Mm. <laughs> so I just skipped it. <laughs> it was actually voted like, I don't know who I'm voting for, but okay. It was actually tricky because, like, if you try to skip it, it'll say you don't have enough of like the minimum submissions, and it'll make it seem like you can't skip it and you have to vote for them, but you can actually skip it. You just have to press next twice. Oh wow! I was like, because oh, I had some people ask me about that. Ooh, I almost like messed up and voted for the wrong person once. I was like, oh no. <laughs> go back i felt like the little things to like vote at were kind of like you usually see like you go behind this curtain and you vote and it was just kind of like two sheets of paper beside the screen mm. it's like literally to, like look at someone else's screen i guess ours was fine because they had all the machines spaced out like i'm pretty sure we only had like uh maybe like 10 machines in there and then mm-hmm. like it was it didn't have a curtain or anything, but it had like a little border around the screen. Right. But we were so far away from each other, it didn't matter. No, ours were like close. Like uh, right. there was no space between each one. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> and then they had the one. See, that's why all cases went up. <laughs> right. I mean, there was hardly anyone in there, but I mean, it was like, oh, somebody would like if it would be packed in here. Yeah, I mean, because then the ones they have the ones like in the grocery store in United and the Amigos and the Market Streets and Albertsons here, mm-hmm. and they're like right at the front door. It's almost like you're just like looking at somebody's <laughs> screen if you're like walking in the store. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's like, yeah, just stand over someone's shoulder and just look at them vote. <laughs> Yeah, we had, like, a cardboard cutout thing around the screen, and, like, you could just kind of lean in, cover it a little, but I think people were far away. I also i am really good at blocking people out <laughs> in public spaces, mm. so I was just, like, I don't know, if you're next to me, like, just leave me alone, you know, because <laughs> I'm not trying to vote for the wrong person, so. I know. Like, <laughs> I Trump supporters. But no. But how do y'all feel about, um, like, with Trump and Biden, and especially with like Kamala Harris. Like if she gets in, then she's like the first woman of color in the vice presidency. I'm happy about it. I feel like, especially Kamala, she's gotten so much slack and people have like just been claiming she's not black and different stuff. And I'm just like, I don't know, there's been a, a lot of gatekeeping with blackness, which I usually don't mind, but I was like, Kamala's definitely black. <laughs> yeah. no. And, you know, they just, I feel there's like a lot of other people 
especially her male counterparts that don't get attacked as much for being a prosecutor. Mm. I know like a lot of people were talking about her arresting black men and stuff, but I was like, she's a prosecutor. That's what she does. It's so stupid. And I, I've been hearing a lot about when people say like, oh, she's married to a white man. Yeah, I'm like, what difference does that make? She's still uh, black. <laughs> just like, I'm like, so are a lot of people. What's your point? Like, there's always like, there's always a reason why some like why a black woman has to defend herself and her blackness to somebody else. Yeah, and I know he also like people thought like maybe he would pick Stacey Abrams or I don't know who else was like on the list. Yeah, Not I think. Huh? Oh, yeah. Michelle Obama, but... Yeah. I don't think she wanted it. <laughs> right. I was no. about to say. I, mean, I, yeah. I kind of thought she was going to choose Stacey, too. I feel like Stacey kind of doesn't want to maybe go that high up. But then I also think it's like a colorism thing. Like It was like, oh, Kamala is like exactly the right person right yeah like black but not too black not too controversial like she's like a lot of her like views sometimes like fit with you know with police and her previous career but it's i mean also just have to weigh the good with the bad (laughs) the worst yeah that's where i'm at because it's almost like this is a win in a representative kind of a way (laughs) like in the in the in a like kind of in a like like yes like we are like this is a powerful position for a woman of color to be in with some very conservative views that i disagree with strongly so like yay and also okay like (laughs) we like we know where we're at we know why this is like what we're able to get from this political system. So it's like a mixed bag for me. Yeah, and I feel like whatever, like whoever it is, they're just gonna like pick apart like the person that he picked for vice president. So I mean, could pick Oprah and <laughs> I would have been so much about it, but. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know who else would have been like the perfect person to be his vice president at this point. It's... Barack Obama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just flip it around. Uh, that's not that bad of an idea, actually. But no, I think that like I, I mean I'm not engaged enough to know um, like the options of other people, and I have not been engaged enough in politics um, to to really know who the other options are. I think that um, yeah, it's a really strange moment. Like just watching how the news is reacting to it and discussing things, and just which is obviously always a thing, and I don't watch it very often. But just thinking about like how people are kind of like showing like what they want to happen and kind of just sharing these different perspectives and it's just very interesting it's a different it's a it's a very strange like version like it's a very strange election cycle to me from like what I've witnessed and it's also the first one I'm participating in so I have like this kind of like 
like I'm trying to catch up and also be like, but this is kind of different. Like this is extra strange a little bit the way that like this is being discussed. I feel that though. I don't know. It feels. Mm-hmm. It just feels weird. Like almost. I mean, no, we probably shouldn't have waited to do the election next year. <laughs> but it feels oh, like oh, waited. Arrest us. Either or, but I think with um, like I know Biden had said it before, like he was gonna like pick a black woman. Like, and I feel like it was almost just a thing, like just to get votes, probably just to kind of get the black vote. Like, I'm gonna pick a black woman, no matter who it is. Mm. No, but I feel like I mean I could see that coming from Biden though being with Obama. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's the option that we have. I'm, I don't know. I mean, what, I feel like either, like, no matter who wins, like, the presidential election, I feel like there's going to be a lot of tension that happens, Mm -hmm. especially on the third and, like, the week after, and probably for, like, the month of November, too. I feel like whoever wins, it's still going to be wild, especially like on the far right side. It's it's just something to expect. Right. So in Austin and well, I guess with Central Texas, how do y'all feel about like the Trump rallies, the Biden rallies? And I mean, there's probably not much with like the Libertarian and Green Party. <laughs> But have y'all seen like a lot of rallies going on or like anything crazy? Yeah, they had, there was the freaking Trump boat parade in Austin. And then they turned around and did it. And the, um, the, is it the Belton Dam here? I was really surprised because <laughs> there was a restaurant that's right off of the Belton Lake. And a lot of they got got overrun by Trump supporters because they wanted to watch the parade from the restaurant, and they got a lot of flack from that because a lot of people thought they like were hosting an event for them. But yeah, and of course they weren't practicing social distancing or or wearing masks. Yeah, I think especially how people like especially like Trump supporters. A politicized COVID-19. I think that's what made it worse, especially in Lubbock. Like it, the timing like lines up perfectly. I mean, it's also other events, but it's like nobody was wearing a mask. It's like thousands of people. And it's just people coming from like everywhere, like Oklahoma, New Mexico, like other little towns and like Amarillo. And just like everywhere else, just coming out and then we had um i can't remember their name i have to look up their name again but it's the the couple from st louis with the guns they were like pointing at the black lives matter oh yeah yeah they came to lubbock it was sunday wow yeah Yeah. that's intense (laughs) they they couldn't convicted them didn't they didn't they get charged i think the charges were dropped oh (laughs) jeez Hmm. Yeah, I never were charged. Hmm. That's that's crazy. I didn't. I didn't even know they were charged. 
Until yeah, I, I saw something about them getting charged. I didn't know yeah. if it got if it stuck or not, though. Oh my gosh! I think the um, it's not yeah. Our state representative, like when he introduced them on the stage, he was like, "These are like our great, um, like underdog leaders." No, oh, jeez. <laughs> underrepresented leaders. I'm like, okay. Oh my, that's that's what you want representing your party. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, that does say something about what your values are. Yeah. Strong message. <laughs> it's wild. I mean, it's crazy. I'm just glad that they kind of shut Lubbock down. So then it's no more rallies, no more parties people can actually focus hmm. I don't know where I'm just... at in Austin out there because I really don't like leave and my neighborhood it happens to be kind of predominantly black and brown um, and that's not that's kind of rare in Austin but I'm kind of like tucked away somewhere that gentrification hasn't fully gotten to all the way and so I just kind of ignore the downtown elements. Like, <laughs> I haven't been over there in a while, to be honest. That's scary. I feel like a lot of times, like, now they're, like, they're doing, like, the drive rallies. I feel like they might do that again. Hopefully not. Will they just, like, drive around neighborhoods? Because I know my aunt was saying that they were doing that, too. And then some woman said that they were, like, calling her the N-word. She was like sitting out on her porch, yeah. And they were like, Oh, well, she like gave us the middle finger. I'm like, Okay, well, yeah, <laughs> that like, y'all aren't intimidating people. And they're like running, like, and then I heard people say that they were like running stop signs too. And they were like, I think they caused like a bunch of wrecks too. They were just like running stop signs, running red lights like blocking up traffic like ooh, no just there to promote fear and hate like why i don't under, i don't understand why other people don't see what that the, i guess that group is about yeah it's mm, this is questionable and they're just like who's the most conservative we just want the most conservative yeah, exactly um but i don't know it's just i mean i feel like either way it goes it's gonna be scary (laughs) but i think it's also gonna be just like something just something very historical that we're looking through gosh but it had to be this How are y'all feeling in terms of your safety, like your personal and community safety? Not very safe at all. I don't even, I used to go bike riding like every day after work back in March. I think after what happened with George Floyd, I was like, I don't want to go outside anymore. And then like the closer we got to election, a whole bunch of Trump signs popped up in our neighborhood. I was like, I'll go bike riding again after the election's over. So I don't have to see all these racist signs again. 
Yeah, I have. Yeah, it feels okay. I usually usually enjoy running, and I know that, like, whenever I stop, it's always, like, linked to what's going on in the world and, like, my level of (laughs) desire to be exposed out there or not. Yeah. Uh, And it's pretty, like, I want to, (laughs) you know, it's pretty low. (laughs) Yeah, I live downtown, so it's not so bad. I mean, I haven't seen any, really. But, I mean, I, like, sometimes if I drive around, like I was driving around this one neighborhood and I was like, oh, there's a lot of signs out. I did not know it was like this. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. I'm honestly not surprised because I'm kind of in a like, predominantly white town, but there's a lot of Trump supporters in my neighborhood. because so we have a Facebook group for the people that live here. And it's just crazy how many times I've been called a Nazi and a communist by people on the page. Whoa. Oh, I know. Context? I live in the. Oh. <laughs> if you don't mind me asking. Well, what was the question? What was the context like in the group? So, like, we started enforcing the rules more, just about posting relevant stuff to the page. Mm. And a lot of times, I'll message them privately and be like, "Oh, this is why your post got deleted." And like, one lady was like, "Well, I'm." It was about, it was like about, oh, she called, she was calling the coronavirus, the China virus on the page. Oh. I'm like, that's racist, don't do that. <laughs> and and I, I even sent her an article talking about why you shouldn't say that. She was like, this is fake news and you're just a communist. And then she said some, some doctor with a Chinese name say, talking about how he's, this is officially what it's called because he said so and you're just a Nazi and trying to push your communist values on us and I was like, okay. <laughs> Whoa, that's a strike. So yeah, it just, their stuff really escalates quickly. I'm just like, how do y'all get this mad about stuff like this? Oh my god. Oh. I don't know what's wrong with people. I don't know, man. I know, I was at this so I'm in this other group called Lubbock at, well, we changed it. It's called Lubbock Anti-Racist Public Forum. Mm-hmm. But I'm like an admin. And so I proved a post. Well, I didn't see the picture first. And someone said, oh, these like Halloween decorations look a little like racist, but it's too dark to take a picture. And I guess they were like, they had like, oh, it's like around this street. And so someone went and took a picture. I mean, they were a little questionable, but it was like, maybe it's not so racist, but it was like other people that commented and they were like commenting the person's address. Oh, geez. Then someone shared it. So then these people, like they're actually like big Trump supporters. And so they got added to this group called like West Texans for Trump. But mm-hmm. actually, like, the group is, like, less Trump-related and, I guess, just more, like, hate-related. And so they were, like, posting a bunch of pictures of, like, here are these, like, Antifa, like, admins. And, like, they were posting people, like, every day they were doing that. And then they finally post, like, me. One post was, like, me and then another friend. I think someone else, too. So they basically, I don't think they posted, like, a lot of people from the group, but just... I think maybe like seven or so. I'm just like, oh, these people are like wild. For real. I'm trying to dox folks out there. 
I'm just like, okay, but it's just basically this one guy that keeps doing it. And it's like, um, like, and he keeps, he's just like, oh, these people want to call out racism, but they're racist. But then if you look like throughout the whole group for the West Texans for Trump, it's just like all this hate, all this like ugly comments about Black Lives, Ma- Black Lives Matter. And it's like, oh, I'm a little confused, but okay. You do you. But that's why I'm thinking like, even if these like the decorations weren't racist, I feel like it like pulled out a bunch of like racist, like it was kind of just the trash that brought like a bunch of flies. So, mm. but I mean, I feel like that keeps happening and it's probably going to get worse, but. I feel like it's a season of exposure. Like, y'all, it's just people telling them themselves, like, here's the truth, you know? Yeah. Out here. <laughs> but I'm not gonna lie, though, like, some of these uh, Halloween decorations, like, are hella triggering. Like, I've always felt that way, and then there's, like, a couple in my neighborhood where it's, like, some someone hanging, like, uh, some sort of, like, human-like figure, and that i mean can you how can you like separate that like how can you separate that from racism like to hang because i was thinking like i'm walking past the yard and i'm like trying to picture this person who i'm gonna assume is a white person because i don't think a black person is gonna put that up in their yard plus i know like the neighborhood somewhat and it's like you're you're hanging this like human like being in your like yard like what is the process while you're doing that in your mind you know like do you have any historical recollections of this Seeing that you like that make make you want to consider like this being how you're going to decorate your home like or does it influence like does it add to your desire to add this decoration if we're going to call it that because that's spirit work too like I don't know like I struggle I definitely am like that's like high key can't be racist like I don't know how to separate I think if they're not racist, they have just the privilege of not associating um, somebody hanging with, like, lynching and stuff like we do. Right. That's just kind of, like, ignorance on their part, if they're not racist. <laughs> but they so, could be racist. They had, a bunch of, they had a bunch of, like, white, like, ghosts hanging in, like, their trees, and then they had, like, one really big, like, black figure hanging from, like, a tree with, like, a chain around its neck. Mm. They're like, well, it's supposed to be the Grim Reaper. Uh, <laughs> I need y'all to like, make it a little more distinct. You know, and they were like, well, it's their son's idea. And so the guy that, I mean, the family, the guy of the family, the dad, he lost his job too. So, but, I mean, that was on nobody else's part except for like his employer. But if they thought it was like also sketchy, then it's like I remember like my um grandma was like like borderline dementia and then there was like something hanging from like the neighbor's tree and she was like thought it was like the same thing like either with someone hanging from the tree or then making it look like someone was hanging from the tree that's really sad but it's like questionable, especially when it's like just like facing the street mm-hmm like facing i mean i get that it's like uh like you don't get how this looks questionable what's it i mean whether it was like racist or not it was 
it's still pretty questionable. And it's just like, if people that are trying to call out racism are seemingly racist, they're like, what are these other people doing by calling like other people like ugly names, like, like you're communist, you're Antifa, and then they're like calling people out of their names, but that's why we gotta go and vote. <laughs> gotta put make stuff a little bit more normal. I know. Also, how do y'all feel about um I was watching this documentary on Hulu. And I think it's through NBC. And it was like they interviewed eight women that were four were Democrat and four were Republican. And they're all like running for public office, some for senator, some for um state Texas representative, others for like governor and mayor. And it's like the whole documentary was about like there's 150 plus like women of color like running for political office this year. So how do y'all feel about like the whole landscape ch- changing? Cause I think majority of them would be like the first like woman of color, even like woman running for office in their state. Yeah, I feel like as long as their, I guess policies and interests are like, I guess good, like more liberal. It's positive because I know, like, not just because you know they're a woman in power doesn't mean they're going to help anybody out. Like Barrett, who got nominated for um the Supreme Court, yep. I'm like, she's about to set us back a lot. But I feel like you know having more colored women of color is going to help a lot and just bring a lot more representation on our part. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Um... It's 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 a mixed bag, but it's also encouraging and like cool to see. Because you'd have to imagine, like at least with women's issues, that's gonna be some why. Like I hope you know that you have some self interest there for yourself um, included. But I think it's like a it's like a long term game. But I like make like it it gives me hope that like the power structures are changing. And we're shifting, like ultimately, in like twenty years, thirty years, like what rep- what what leadership looks like. Yeah, so. we definitely have not enough women talking about women's rights and stuff. Like, I'm, if I hear Ted Cruz say something stupid about birth control and the reproductive system, I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> right. He just says stuff that doesn't even make sense. No, they're very, very ill-informed most of the time. All the men talking about their, like, very basic knowledge of reproductive health is, like, not there <laughs> to begin with. I know. Like, we need better sex education all throughout America. Mm. Oh, yes. I think so, too. Um, when I watched it, it was, like, I think there was, like, two Black women that were Republican. And one of them was from Baltimore and it was like, I forgot what the, uh, I have to look up what her name is that interviewed them. But she basically asked, well, how did you feel about like, you know, Trump calling Baltimore like a rat infested city and you like, just like promoting Trump. So like a lot of the things that they were saying was like, so how are you like, how do you feel about like what Trump has said and what Biden has said? in connection to your beliefs and one thing was like one of the women said was like 
I look at his actions more than his words. So it was like what he says doesn't really mean anything besides what he has done for black people. What has he done for black people? (laughs) (laughs) They they use jobs. I mean, I guess that's what a lot of them are like, oh, he's helped jobs. And I think that was what he was really trying to like run off of. But then when COVID hit, it's like that kind of fell in the toilet. No, no, a lot of people say like he's just kind of jumping off of what Obama did because I know he kind of Obama kind of started bringing a lot of jobs back and they were just it was just going up and up and from there. And Trump was like, "Oh yeah, I did that. That's me." <laughs> yeah. And I know I also saw the statistic that um, unemployment rates go down every year like it doesn't even doesn't matter who's in office but i'm sure this year was an except exception but yeah <laughs> and the show was in the the series was called the women who run it was deborah, deborah roberts so it says 115 women of color running and i think it's 150 women running for office it's a lot and there was one woman from texas i think she's running for like legislator um she's from san antonio and i looked her up on facebook and i was like it's a little questionable i wish i could support her but i don't know she felt like the less like the least put together of like all of the women even like no matter what side they were on they all felt like they could respond well to questions like they knew what they were talking about a little bit or like they were just like ready for the interview she felt like the least like right because one thing she said was like the reason she was republican was because like all that all of her views like lined up with the republican party and another thing was like when deborah roberts was saying like well the polls are like showing that specifically women and women of color mostly vote like Democrat yeah, or Democratic. And she was like, well, who made up that information? And Deborah Roberts was like, it came from like polls that were run. And she's like, well, those are just polls. So they don't matter. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, okay, ma'am. <laughs> but I was like, uh, I don't know. It was, it would have been better if she's, would have been more put together like I felt like all the women that spoke were at least slightly good but hers were just like okay like I'm in Texas I'm in the valley like we're mostly Republican and I feel like that didn't really like reflect Texas as a whole and then also I don't know if y'all seen like the we're going on in Fort Worth, the vote equals voice. And I know they have a Facebook page and maybe an Instagram. So it's like a, like it's a, an all artist led initiative. And I think they started about a month ago and it was like each week they were putting up at least like three or four like murals that said vote equals voice. And I don't know who was involved. It was just a bunch of artists just, and they invited people to just come out like fill up the murals and I think they're finished currently like they have a map 
all over Fort Worth of all of the murals. Yeah, and I think they're doing like an opening reception. No, they have an exhibit open. I guess they're showcasing all the work in the Fort Worth Community Arts Center too from until November 3rd. Well, that should be provided. Mm -hmm. I wish I could see them. I watched a video of like some of them like painting them live, which was really like nice. It was really diverse crowd that came out and painted. And, and then I think also like the Fort Worth Community Art Center is doing like an exhibition connected to it. That's like outside of the other exhibition that they have going on, just showcasing them in their art center. Mm -hmm. So I think they've invited like local artists to like put up work connected to the election. I've been missing mural work. I would love to get out and do some murals. In it. Um, but that's a struggle with the space. Like, well, the space of Austin, like often there's a lot of murals of people of color painted by like non people of color artists. So there's this like weird mural politics here of like who gets gigs to paint and such. So I've been I've been noticing some pop up. I haven't seen them in person. I've seen them um, on Instagram as well, and it's just been interesting to watch. I think there was one mural put up in like um, Arkansas uh, or Missouri, and I think it was of like Martin Luther King Jr. And I think it was either white guy or he was Latinx and he painted a mural and like people got really mad and they made him take it down because they were like, well, we can get a black artist to do it. Huh? So yeah, they were like, oh, they're like, why did they get him to fix the mural? I think that happened somewhere else for like a George Floyd mural too. Mm -hmm. It was like a group of white people that painted it. And the community got really upset. But it's, I mean, did they get paid? I think, I don't think they got paid. But it was kind of like some people, I think the first one with the, the Martin Luther King one, they got paid. But I think the other one, like, they just put it up. Yeah. And people wanted to do it, but no one asked, like, any Black artists to participate. Mm. Yeah, what does it for me is like the clout. Like y'all here paying black people for clout in a time like this when we need y'all to actually be, you know, like assisting with survival and like ending genocide. But um, because I, I've noticed like, you know, like this wasn't a part of your work. Like like black people were not a part of your um, artistic like repertoire until this moment. And so what is that about? For it to become now like something you're getting a lot of like um, professional clout for like putting up in the city. Yeah, I think it was like trendy to some people. It's just like, okay, well, I'm gonna do this because everyone else is doing it and it looked cool. Right. Get a bunch of likes for it. Yeah. I mean, I think with the vote, the vote equals voice ones, it looks like from their pictures on Facebook. And on their Instagram, it was like mostly black artists. It was like all black artists like leading all of this. And I'm like crazy. I'm like, if people, if like 
like the Fort Worth art community can find like a bunch of black artists to do work and everywhere else can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we out here. <laughs> yeah. Literally. <laughs> but it needs to happen. We're available. I know. I feel like there's there's a lot going on, but there's people who will be able to do murals, black people, brown people. I just think people just slack on like looking for like people of color to actually do work. Like yeah. they're like, oh I can't find anyone. So I know whatever. I know Wells Fargo got in trouble for that recently. I think the somebody in charge was all like, oh I'd hire more black people, but I can't find them. <laughs> Everybody was like, what? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> That's silly. <laughs> no. No, they're just not looking. I mean, especially with social media, just like, I mean, if they have to, just like put an ad in the newspaper that shows proof that you were actually looking for someone. <laughs> they're not doing that. Uh, I don't know. I guess it happens, but it's also not supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah, I think with the murals, like, it's often about connections and resources, like, because mm -hmm. it's a business owner, and if it's, like, not a Black-owned business who's, like, paint this on my wall, then they're probably not very conscious, and they're just, like, yeah, like, I'm going to hire an artist and not factoring in, like, what are you asking this artist to paint or, you know, I'm like, who is this artist? Yeah. And just, like, oh, I have this friend or like relative who's an artist like I'm going to commission them or whatever like it's a lot of it already like comes down to connection and resources to begin with I think so too and there's this guy here that does like really good like graffiti work murals but he's also done like um this one on like the african-american um history museum like he painted that and he's um hispanic and then he also, there was a woman that did, she was a black woman that did like this really large mural on Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. And so like they asked him to do like repaint part of it. Cause I noticed from last year, like it changed some. So they asked him to like fix it. So it's almost like, uh, maybe we can ask someone else to fix it too. <laughs> that does. Cause I mean, I think, I think his work is really good, but it's just, it would have felt different to get somebody that's like actually black to do the work. It's kind of like people are just like, well, he can do it. Mm. And so it's like actually not putting in the effort to find someone that's invested in the community to come out and do the work. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I guess that's as, I guess that's as good as it gets. But yeah, this is good. And I hope people go out and vote. You have, I think tomorrow, tomorrow is the last day to early vote, actually, mm -hmm. the 30th. Yeah. So one more day. And I feel like the polls won't be as busy on the on Tuesday. I don't know. The like the record. <laughs> I don't know. The last voters ain't no joke. <laughs> 
Better get there early and bring a lawn chair, yeah. snack, water, Lime and tea. a portable coat tucker. <laughs> so you're going to need it. Dress comfortably. <laughs> yeah. But yes, don't forget to vote. Get ready for next week. Either new president or same president, but just a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. And COVID's yeah. not going to end regardless of who wins. <laughs> not anytime yeah. soon. If you have COVID now, it will not go away by November 3rd. Just to let y'all know. <laughs> well, yeah. But thanks, guys. And thanks for everybody who's tuning in and will listen to this. You're cool. Be safe. Nice talking.